everybody, and welcome back to A Court of Books and Booze, part two of A Court of Mist and Fury. Hope you enjoy. Tarquin sent them a trio of blood rubies, which essentially puts a mark on their head from the summer court that they are now targets. They are now hunted as enemies of the court, essentially. I think that's an interesting tradition. It's it's so easy to feel bad for Reese at this point because he's like, I just really, really wanted to be friends with Tarquin. And I like Tarquin a lot in this yeah. book because he's just so nice. Yeah, and I agree. It's easy to love him. It's easy to love him. She's not wrong. It is, yeah. I think it's a weird tradition to be like, hey, you're on my shit list. Here's three rubies. I kind of liked it. <laughs> rubies, too. I mean, yeah, they were like palm size, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. So and we find out that Amron just uses her as a as paperweight. A paper yeah. Well, Amron wasn't just sent a blood ruby. She was sent a blood ruby by Tarquin and a necklace from Varian to smooth it over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I just I found hilarious at the time. Being, you know, the only other comment about the two of them was were they going to fight or fuck? Why not both? Or why not both? Why yeah. not both? So they have a little heart to heart. And if Pharaoh essentially says, you know what? You know. You did what you needed to do for good reason. You know, I get that you want to be friends and that you have a common goal for things and that he wanted to be friends with you as well before all this so just let's do what we need to do now and we'll worry about repairing that relationship later well and I don't remember if we talk about it but Tarquin is like super progressive in a world that is very conservative and stuck in their ways he's you know they were a court that also stood with the humans in the human fairy war. So. And and Tarquin. Tarquin mentions. That. He wants to see a world where. It's not high fae. And lesser fairies. That everybody are just fairies. Which is. is which is essentially. Trying to get to like. A classless society. Mm-hmm. Within just the fae in general. So, yeah, definitely very progressive, very uh, wanting everybody to be cohesive, sort of an idealist, a dreamer, like the Court of Dreams call themselves. So I think that's, yeah, definitely a big reason that Reese is so distraught over this. It's a real bummer. That it had to go the way it did, but there was no other outcome for what they needed to do. Absolutely. No, I disagree. I really think they could have went to Tarquin and been like, hey, 
we need this book. And I I honestly think he might have been like, well, count me in on the plans and I'll give you the book. I Let me help you help everybody else. I don't think so. I don't really? think so at this point. No, absolutely There's, not. There, especially with how he responded just when Feyre said, oh, what about that building? She That's was an just, interesting she building. She just questioned the building. And she didn't he, even mention the book or anything, and he freaked out. He immediately went on the mental defensive of... Why is she asking? Yeah. So, I there disagree was, with I that. I think that there are too many unknown factors at this point that he can't fully be like, oh yeah, like I believe everything you say. So I don't, don't think that he can't other. willingly like give up this power that he's been trusted to protect in this court. Mm-hmm. Like I but think it's just something that you're not just like, okay, I understand what you're saying. Here you go. But if Reese sits down and explains that Hybern has a cauldron, we already know that Tarquin is ready to ally against Hybern because that's kind of what the meetings are about in the first place. You really don't think that if they would have had a long discussion about it, that Tarquin would have been like, you help me in a big way under the mountain. Let me help you now solve an even, even bigger issue. No, because I think that's what it is. It's bigger. So I don't think it would have been something that he was just going to hand over. Well, there's lots of other factors that go into it because, one, Reese is still trying – like, he's still keeping up this facade of – um. Mm-hmm. You know, the Demon King, you know, essentially, you know, whatever you want to call him, um, the the worst High Lord, you know, sort of thing. And um, so he's still keeping up that facade, even if Tarquin has that underlying thought of, might not be all bad. Like, he's, Reese can't show his cards yet. Plus, you know, something would end up having to come out like in a situation like that something would have to end up coming out about Valaris and he is not like that's not something that's plus like Tarquin is super super new mm-hmm. so how is that going to look if like one of his first allies is with the worst high lord that everyone imagines he is but he's ready or... to make that alliance anyway well or I mean I think how... he's ready for peace I don't know if it's necessarily an alliance but it's like an understanding of like, hey, we're okay right now. But it's not going to be like, yeah, like I would go to war for you. Well, and how would it look to his advisors and his court to share that um, very hidden object with the supposed worst High Lord? Like, Grease did him a favor under the mountain, but he's also got to think about his people also. And I think that this was something that is just too big at that point that for them to try and explain everything. And then plus who knows who he's going to relay that information to. They can't fully trust him either. That's just too big of a risk. I think at I this think point, agree to disagree though. Yeah. I mean, I think Reese saved his whole court under the mountain. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, the ones that were left would have finished sacking Adriata and yeah. probably the entire summer court. But yeah, so they've got that, um, and then I think the next big point that evening, um, Reese or Feyre um, experiences Reese's nightmare for the first time. So it's kind of mm-hmm. a little bit of a reciprocal from. 
a while ago where he helped her through a nightmare. Um, she woke up uh, shrouded in night, essentially, um, and went and helped him calm down through a nightmare. And they had, they had a big heart-to-heart -heart on his uh, trauma from under the mountain. And yeah, he's the, kept a lot of that quiet as to what he all yeah he like, went through with her for fifty years. Jeez. Yeah, there's little allusions to the abuse, but mm -hmm. um, nothing real blatant about it yet. That was a sweet moment. I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it like, was a nice reciprocal. Yeah, and he was kind of willing I mean I know that they were connected through the bond or whatever but he allowed himself to be vulnerable in that moment and thanked her for caring and mm -hmm. helping yeah. that was that was nice it was nice yeah um so they do a bit of trying to read the book of breathings they do a bit of um training um, she, Fair is doing, like, physical training with Cassian and is doing, um, <coughs> like, powers training with Reese and then they, um, have to go take their visit to the Court of Nightmares. <laughs> Juicy. Yeah. So that's when we get to really see these masks come on for the entire inner circle say the Amarin. but um, right so I thought that was I don't know quite enjoyed that bit of high lording over his court of nightmares it was a nice change of pace because this is we don't really get to see him be that terrible high lord that everyone knows him to be. Yeah. You just hear the stories. Mm -hmm. And so when he is straight up like, hey, I'm going to warn you right now, like who you know me as now, that is not who I am when I'm there. Yep. And so you also have a role that you have to play. Yep. They're all playing their roles. And it was intense. For real. And very spicy. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a little bit spicy there. Yeah. And they both enjoyed every minute of it. Mm. I think to an extent. Yeah. I think, but I think like towards the end, it was fun for them. Yeah. When they were trying to um, keep each other relaxed. Right. So... But yeah, I thought it was I thought it was real interesting seeing um, Cass and Az play their parts. Mm -hmm. You know, their essentially bodyguard parts. I thought that was fun. Yeah, same with Moore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see her lording over <laughs> all of her uh, family, essentially. That. Yeah, it didn't didn't end well for. No, <laughs> God. Oh, I don't know. This section of the book, I could have just done without. I mean, I I understand it from like a a story progressive, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I 
I just don't I don't care much for anything to do with the quarter nightmares. Mm. It's It's just not your interest in the book. Yeah, I I don't like anything that at this point has come out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we I can't remember if we've gotten any of Moore's backstory up to this point. Uh yes, we have. <clears throat> but I mean, you yeah. know, Literally, that court could sink to the bottom of the ocean. I don't think anybody would. Oh yeah, no. Would lose any sleep over it. Mm-mm. Well, and I mean, Kira can go rot in the prison with the the bone carver for all I care. For real. Well, there definitely is a lot less than there used to be there because Amarantha killed a bunch of them when mm-hmm. she came into power. But. Yeah, so... Well, Amarantha based her court off of Court of <laughs> that, right? that is my favorite thing out of this book. Is He's like, yeah, Amarantha was real original when she designed her... Dollar Tree version of... Right. <laughs> of the Court of Nightmares. <laughs> that's, that's not exactly how they say it in the book, too. <laughs> yeah, just like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So... I, I don't know. I, I appreciated the little glimpse we got to see into this court just to, for that change of pace, you know, they had to go, they had to go to get the mm-hmm. Veritas, is that yeah. what it was? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was good yeah. just because this is what the world sees him as. Mm-hmm. And so it was a short section and, uh. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was good, especially like moving forward to a point where, you know, there are going to be more people involved in this if war does come. So she, I think she needed to understand too, like, this is who I have to be. This is the illusion that I've brought upon to Mm -hmm. protect my people. Yeah. Yeah. So. God, I love them. I I love him so much. I, I, I my heart rate's increasing. I right enjoyed now. reading, like when um, Kira made that stupid comment about Feyre, and it was just immediate, like on Reese's shit list, worse than usual. I I enjoyed that whole portion. I mean, other than the description of breaking bones, but. Um, yeah, audio the, of it was cool. The putting him in his place and um, more smug face made it all worth it. Yeah. So, plus recent Farah's playful banter back and forth was fun. Before that. It was hot. It was hot. <laughs> it was. I've I've seen things on it which you know um, mentally correlating it later, but I saw I heard something or read something or whatever where um, when he realizes that she's having a reaction to everything that they're doing, and he's like, "Don't worry, it's just you know it's just a physical reaction. It's just your body doing it." Like that that was him like mentally reassuring her because that's like what he had to tell himself 
for the last 50 years to not worry about it. It's just like his body doing it. And it wasn't anything that he had to mentally worry about. And it broke my fucking heart that I was like, this is personal experience that he is going from. Doesn't that just make you want to sob? Uh, I have yet to cry on this podcast. <laughs> I, uh, but, uh, yeah. That is the most devastating thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Isn't it? I, I, I had no words when I first came across that. And I was like, <laughs> it makes so much sense. And I am so, so sad about it. So. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> That's rough, isn't it? That fucking sucks. Doesn't it? Because that was just the immediate... That was his immediate response, like, because she started panicking at that point. Right. And then started thinking badly of herself about, you know, I've not been with Tamlin this long and now I'm doing this stuff with Reese, you know, traitor, whore, liar, and, and, and he immediately tries to make her feel better about it, saying, don't worry, it's just physical, it's not you it doesn't say anything about you and i'm just like that was him telling himself (sighs) you guys talk for a little bit (laughs) i am gosh Yeah, but him shattering Kier's arm is super cool. Oh, but hearing it was gross <laughs> in the graphic audio. But they get their they get their item, they get out of the quarter nightmares. Yep, exactly. And um, yeah. So it is the next. Day, I believe that the next day and night is Starfall. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I love Starfall. <laughs> <laughs> so, Starfall is only celebrated, it, it's celebrated as a different holiday throughout the rest of the courts. But it's only celebrated as Starfall in the Night Court, specifically in Valaris. Um, and apparently, you know, we find out that the city prepares for it all day. As far as getting, you know, food and revelry planned and all of that. And getting all fancy. And then that evening they go and just have fun. It's just, a, just an evening to have fun. And... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it ends up being a really sweet evening between Reese and Feyre, and then honestly, just the whole inner circle enjoying themselves. Well, Reese and Feyre kind of at each other's throats before this, right? They, they have a little bit of a go 
at each other after the Court of Nightmares, as soon as they um, get back to the townhouse. Um, where, I don't... I don't remember exactly what's whatever, but I think Feyre says something and compares, like, unintentionally compares him to Tamlin, and he gets pissed about that, saying that she's got to stop doing that. Yeah, because then I don't think Starfall is for a couple days after that, because they don't talk to each other. Was it a couple days, maybe? Yeah, because he, like, avoids her. You're right. You're right. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, and then she's like questioning and trying to send like the notes to him and send things down the bond, and he's just not replying. He's not replying. Yeah, he went and stayed at the House of Wind, right. where she couldn't get to because she can't fly. Right, and she thinks that he's just like pissed off about what she said, and so she's like dissecting everything and is mm-hmm. like, I just want to tell him like I didn't mean it and yeah, whatever. And so Starfall happens, and then yeah. that's the first time like they actually communicate, and it's not what she thought at all. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, she, he thought that she wouldn't want him there, so he didn't go back. Yeah. You know, miscommunication. Ooh. Wrong. Communication. I hate miscommunication tropes. Not my thing. So, um,. Yeah, so they have they have a really cute time on Starfall. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's just like you said, like there's miscommunication, they have understanding and like they actually just enjoy everything. Is that me? That was me. Oh <laughs> sorry. But they actually just, you know, enjoy their time and actually have fun. Yep. Like outside of prepping for a potential war and mm-hmm. what that looks like and steps they need to take next, you know? So. Yep. Nice needed break. Yeah. It was real sweet. And he kissed her cheek and she freaked out. She freaked out about the kiss on the cheek. It was so cute. And then she goes back to the whole guilty mindset because... She's having these feelings for Reese, but Tamlin had done all these great things for her until he wasn't great. Reese courts her so well throughout this book, and I feel like we just missed it in Thorns and Roses. We were so rushed through the first section of the book with her and Tamlin that I just feel like we missed these small little moments that they might have had compared to you know we get a whole book just focused on these two like will they won't they this is the only will they won't they book that i've been like damn this is good yeah you know we went through the entirety of throne of glass and dorian and selena and kaol and (laughs) selena and rowan and aelin (laughs) Uh, Lorcan and uh, Elid. Elid, yeah. Hadian and Lysandra. And I hated every single one of those relationships. <laughs> yeah, we, we really did. Yeah. Yeah. But this is one that, like, knowing, because we're not even, like, done with the series. This is my first time reading. You guys have already read through the five that we have as of right now. 
But like, especially after reading this second book and watching the relationship progress to what it, what I know it to be as of right now, mm-hmm. I want to go back to read the first one and pay attention to those small details. It, like it you're makes, saying, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like you said, like it's just things you're just like, oh, he's just like some guy that everyone's pissed off about, like some high lord in this other court or whatever. I did fall in love with him as soon as we met him because I was like, oh, the most handsome man I've ever seen. Okay. The bad boy. Who doesn't love the bad boy in the book? Okay. I see you. Well, and I mean, going back to the first book, uh, uh, Mai, where he's like, I've been looking everywhere for for you. you. Yeah. And then I, it's in this book he goes back and explains that, right? Where yep. he's like, yes! You know. We just haven't got there right. yet. Right. <laughs> That's my favorite chapter. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Where are we? Gosh. Starfall. Yeah, so we, you know. Yeah, it so was she the... is freaking out about his touch and all that, and then. Has, they got like, smacked with some stars. Yeah. And then she goes to, like, that whole, like. I'm a traitor mindset and kind of panics. But I think it pulls her out of it or maybe it was before it when like, I think he laughed and she's like, I think that's the first time I've ever heard him like genuinely laugh. And yeah. And then he also smiled at her and she said, this is a smile that no one else is going to see or something like that. Well, and it was the first time like she genuinely smiled at him. Right. And he's like, do that again. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and and she's Poor Amanda. at that time like she's, why are guys in real life not like this we're both married <laughs> at right. that point in time she talks about him and she's like reese my friend like and it just seemed like especially hearing it in the graphic audio she just seemed so genuine with like I have, I actually have a friend. Like, yeah. I have a friend for the first time, almost. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, she thought Lucian was her friend, and then he didn't act like it after a point in time. And it, it was just, it's just so sweet. I can't with this book. Okay. Lucian really tried, okay? Something. He's only saying that because he's finished the third one. <laughs> My Lucian comes and goes in waves. Yeah, it's annoying. That's how I'm feeling right now. Anyway, this, uh, that's <laughs> you're about... In, you're in for a ride. <laughs> that's, a, that's book three. So after this, they go to the Illyrian training camp and meet with Lord Devlin fun guy and um because cassian's been having a little issues with them they're supposed to be training women or females and they're not yeah Illyrians are really sexist yeah old school they believe the woman should be making the clothes and making the food and carrying the babies and that's not okay and the Court of Dreams is trying to get them to break that. Maurice has been trying to do that for a while. Yeah. So. Then they get to training, right? Yep. They're hanging out there. Um, Maurice is trying to help Cassian with things. They're doing some training. They're staying in 
Reese's mom's old um, cabin. And I'm um, just waiting word from Feyre's sisters about when the queens are going to show up to for them to see the Veritas. So we get to hear about, you know, the Illyrian details and the background stories, a uh, little more detailed background stories on Cassian and Azrael and um, what they all had to go through to be warriors, essentially. Well, Reese then takes Feyre out to work on her training for her magic. Yes. And she wants, she's finally like gotten the courage to ask about the history between Reese and Tamlin. And he says, show me something impressive. Yep. And I'll tell you. And so it, now that whole story is coming about. So. So they're doing that and what? Not really, kind of not really paying a little bit of attention. Exactly. To things. Yeah. And, um... Because they have to keep moving, like, as they... Right? They're, like, moving throughout. Yes. And, uh... All of a sudden, Pharaoh runs into Lucian. Yeah. And she's already... She's already hot and bothered right now, because she has found out that Tamlin and his father were the ones that first attacked Reese's mother and sister and killed them. And, Unprovoked. And kept their wings as trophies. Well, and even before that, we learned that Reese and Tamlin were actually... Friends. 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 Yeah, they were, I wouldn't say close, but... but as Reese, close as you could be as High Lord's sons. Right, and Reese had taught him some Illyrian techniques, and they were, you know... They were good. They, they were, were good. good. And then all of a sudden... Like you said, unprovoked, Tamlin and his father just went and killed his mom and his sister, and Reese was supposed to be there. Yeah, they were planning on killing him because mm -hmm. Tamlin's father realized just how powerful Reese was becoming. Right. And didn't want that competition. Yep, but just found his mother and his sister, so killed them and kept their wings. Yep. And Tamlin never disclosed the specifics to Feyre. It just was very vague. When he Did he tell so because in answer to that, Reese and his father went and killed Tamlin's family. Yes. As a response. Well Did Tamlin tell Feyre that part of the story? No. Okay. She, I wasn't sure what details were disclosed with that or if he had said why they had bad blood. No, he just said that his parents were killed by another high lord. Mm. in another court okay he didn't give any specifics yeah. so so Feyre is pissed off at this point because yes. Tamlin didn't tell her any of this and that he was the one that started this feud essentially well it was Tamlin's father well he was there mm -hmm. so then they run into Lucian mm -hmm. Lucian tracks them down Yep. And uh, has come to bring her home. Yeah. Is very, very adamant of, we've got to go. We've got to go now. Things are bad. Tamlin's right. not doing good. Let's go home. Let's go home. Let's go home. Mm -hmm. 
And she's like, uh, no, uh, leave me alone. Right. That's not my home, and you are not my friend. Right. I sent a letter. Leave me alone. Yep. Yeah. She did say that. And she's um, got her bow and arrow at this point, and it has it, like, trained on him, like, prepared to shoot. And she's all worried about him getting close because she knows that he'd just winnow them away. And um, Reese is, like, she'd gotten far enough away from Reese to go practice on her own, so he's not right there. And um, Lucian just keeps getting closer and keeps... um, Yeah, and he's got, like, four other people with him. Yeah. And so at one point she turns because they're starting to circle her. And they're getting back near a river or a ravine or Mm -hmm. something like that. She's got her bow and arrow drawn one of them makes a move behind her so she turns and as she turns she notices that lucian is getting ready to lunge at her so she's like okay so he's gonna take me regardless of what i say like i can tell him no all i want he's gonna take me by force smoke and shadows and she winnows away <laughs> stupid lucian For the stupid lucian second time ever she winnows because she's yeah. Heightened emotion again, yes. you know. Yes, and um, Reese finally shows up. He catches up. Yep, and does his little game with Lucian. Taunts him. He finds it fun. Whatever. Yep, and uh, you know Lucian's still begging her to come along and <laughs> what's favorite do but roll out some wings. <laughs> yeah, and then his response is, "What have you done to her?" Yeah, like everything. Like Reese must have done something to make her act this way. To be fair, Lucian is young enough to to not understand. Yes, that Reese isn't quite as he seems. Right, right. He's right. only heard the stories and seen the yeah. That's true. Seen the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and <sighs> Lucian, I used to love you so much, but he he makes this comment about like. Okay, you made your point, Feyre. Now let's go home. Like, placating her like a child. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, bro. Yeah, not good. No, that's not how we're doing that. Yeah. but And she, so she lights into him. Yeah, she says her piece, you know, like. Finally my, gets it off her chest. You were my friend and you chose your high lord over your friend. And I thought I could trust you and you abandoned me. I almost feel like that is really unfair of her at this point though because i mean he does consider tamlin more than just his high lord he considers tamlin his friend too but has anything at this point been fair to her i think she's free to not have to be fair right but i mean you know it's this is another one of those perspective issues in these books for me where you know i would i would love to see this chapter from lucian's point of view and just get like oh yeah his thoughts i'm not saying that he's in the right because i don't think he is no i don't think any any of them are honestly i can't wait to get a lucian book yeah this is also the first time that she's like really tapped into her shape-shifting which is what yes tamlin's gift was to her yeah because she's been resisting that yeah 
So this is, and she uses it to make wings. How ironic. Yeah. Illyrian wings. Yeah. Love that. So, and then so Lucian says, okay, we'll go. She's like, the the girl you knew died under the mountain and I'm not going to be anyone's pet. So, bye. Pop off, queen. Pop off. I mean, didn't disagree with her in that sense. That's how she was kind of treated. Don't tear up the so the sofa, Feyre. I'll be home in a little bit. Stay in your cage. For real, though. So. So they ended up um, not going all the way back to the Illyrian camp, but just going to the closest town. The closest inn to stay the night. And we've got our... Oh, local inn, one bed trope. The only room they have is in the little attic. Gotta share the space. Gotta share a full-size bed. (laughs) Gotta share this tiny bed with these big wings. Bummer. And everything's cold. This is a really good chapter, too. (laughs) This. It's something. This is a really good chapter. How do we want to talk about this? <laughs> they do some foreplay. This was like the intro spicy chapter. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Where? Yeah. They eat. They chat. They got to sleep in the same bed. Keep each other warm. Have some fun for the hell of it. Which is essentially what they say. What Feyre says. Reese essentially asks her what she wants again, and she's like, I just just want some fun. There you go. That's a good way to explain it. Just read the chapter. It's chapter 48. Chapter 48. <laughs> it's good. It's they do... It, it's... I don't say it's my favorite chapter, no, but I mean, of the, like, two main spicy chapters, I like this one mm-hmm. the best. I agree. But chapter It's 50- so tasteful. But chapter 54 is the best chapter. Yes. Absolutely. It is. I love that for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is. So, we but, can talk about 55 all we want, but it's 54. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But in in this chapter, one part that I do like is, like, they're, I don't know, they're talking about, Reese is talking about his power and how he likes that Feyre looks at him like his power isn't something to be, to run away from. Yeah, scared of, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I was afraid of you at first. And he says, no, you weren't. Nervous, maybe. But, like, you said I was the most beautiful man you'd ever seen. <laughs> And she's like, don't read, don't my, read thoughts. my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I'll say that to Nick now. Like if we're both like, if we're watching something or doing something and I'll say something and he says, I was just thinking that I'll look at him and be like, don't read my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I said it once and he's like, what? And I was like, you wouldn't get it. <laughs> you had to be there. I'm surprised you haven't convinced him to read these books yet. I've tried. 
I've tried. Be good for him. Yeah. <sighs> for real. Has it worked for you? Maybe. <laughs> Jessica, darling. Jessica, you got an answer for that? Jessica, you darling. Say? I'm sorry. I'm. <laughs> she's, I'm she's reading your notes. <laughs> no, I'm reading the book. He asked me if I've. He's that. He said he's not surprised that I haven't convinced Nick to read these. I said I've tried, and he's like it'd be good for him. And I was like, did it work for you? And he's like, I don't know, Jessica. What do you have to say about that? Off the podcast. Low key, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> do you say Jessica, darling? I've been looking for you. <laughs> I've been looking everywhere for you. Skylar, that was cute. That was so cute. Why don't you actually do that when your first wife wants you to instead of your second? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Can you say it again? No, I can't. No, no, I, can't. I thought you were going to say Amanda, darling. <laughs> Amanda, darling. I've been looking everywhere for you. What the hell? <laughs> I'm blushing. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Uh, no, they're over here doing like one thought for another. <laughs> and he's like, this room is too small for me to properly bed you. <laughs> oh, or the part where he's like, I just want to touch you. He's like, just let me touch you. You should go to sleep. Yeah, okay. Okay. Sure you do that. So they have a good night. So we leave the we leave the little bed and breakfast. We leave the bed. Yeah, mostly the bed. And we're back to training in the Mm-mm. mountains, forest. No? No. No, they're flying the, the whole rest of the day. They are flying back toward the... Illyrian Mountains back toward um, camp mm-hmm. the whole day. And Reese seems real distracted, like, the whole time they're flying. And, um, like, yeah. Feyre goes to ask him what's what's gone, oh, going on, what's wrong. And um, all of a sudden Reese screams and they're well, hit with something. He starts to say something along the lines of, he just I says, have Feyre. something to tell you. Right. Oh, there's one more story I need to tell you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, then they're falling. So he, and I mean, he's getting ready to tell her something. Something big. Something very, very important. That's apparently been bothering him the whole day. And then just happens to get hit with what? Like four or five ash arrows? Ash arrows. <sighs> and um, so ash... <laughs> takes magic away from Mm -hmm. Faye. And so he used his last little scrap of magic before it was ripped from him to throw her away from him into the canopy of the trees. Yeah, Faye. Too bad he can't use those swings to fly. (laughs) She's got to practice with that first. But, um... Yeah, so Feyre spends the day tracking 
until she eventually comes across the cave where he's being held. Yeah, they have him chained up, and Feyre goes in and just cleans the floor of his... Yeah, winnows to each... Winnow, slice, winnow, slice. It was really good in the graphic audio. Winnow, slice, slice. I yeah. hate the winnowing sound in the graphic audio. I do. I do, too. It sounds like the freaking TARDIS. <laughs> Have either of you seen Doctor Who? Nope. Yeah. Nope. Oh. Well, anyways, it sounds like the TARDIS, <laughs> which is from Doctor Who. It's weird. It shouldn't sound like that. But anyway. Yeah. He's still got, like, these arrows in his wings. So she breaks them, gets them out. She saws them. Saws them and then pulls them through. Yeah, because she doesn't want to rip the membrane or anything. Well, and is and telling that, that's him... That's technically what you're supposed to do with an arrow. You're not yeah. supposed to pull them back out. Well, yeah, the arrowhead. Right. But then it's, like, just trying to distract him and telling him all these sweet things. Yeah. And... About, like, her painting when she was at home, painting the table and the cabinets and... The dresser. Yeah, all these things. And talks about her sisters and... Yep. And then she realizes through the night into the morning that he is still not healing after all of the arrows are out. And he's not bleeding out, but he's not healing because there was poison on them. Yep. So what's she do? She decides she's going to go snare the cereal again. Because why not? It's easy. Why not? Let's just go do it. Let's go do the thing. Honestly, for everyone freaking out that she did this once, she makes it look real easy. For real. I mean, she's done it now twice. Because she does succeed again in capturing the cereal. Yep. So... She's asking questions, you know, about what kind of poison it was and how she, if there's anything she can do to help heal him or progress mm-hmm. the healing. And uh, he said, your blood. Give him your blood. It's Thessian, right? Thessian has the healing power. No, it's Helion. Yeah, the High Lord of Dawn. The, Helion's not Dawn. Helion's day. Oh. One of the I thought two. Helion had healing powers also. Helion's spell cleaver, I don't think he's... I think maybe they both do. Maybe. But but I think you're right, Thesian was was um, master healer. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. But yeah, so, so Suriel's like, you know, this is what the poison was... So you give know. him your blood, and then go find this your flower. Yeah, this and flower, and have him chomp on those, and <laughs> and then it, uh, he, and then the, free me, curse breaker. Well, <laughs> he says like feed him to your mate or something, right? No, he said. So she, I'm literally reading it. Yeah, he said, or she thanks him. Thank you for your help. And then, if you wish to speed your mate's healing, in addition to your blood, a pink flowered weed sprouts by the river. Make him chew it. And so she obviously captures onto the word mate. And she, she's like, what did you say? <laughs> well, and <laughs> she'd already let the, the cereal go. And yeah. it stays. <laughs> and starts to repeat itself. <laughs> and then it, like, smiles. Well, and then he, she, he starts, the cereal starts to repeat what he had said. Like, if you wish, and he's like, wait, did you not know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you dumb bitch. <laughs> 
And they're like, the and then she's Lord. like, say it. <laughs> the High Lord of the Night Court is your mate. And you know what the cereal says? <laughs> <laughs> the cereal says, interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. Interesting. So Fair is spiraling now. Right, freaking out. Well, because because she asked, she's like, does he know? Yeah. For a long while? Yeah. <laughs> and she's <laughs> like, no. He can tell me. I yeah. want to hear it from him. <laughs> and then she's like, you're feeling too much too fast. I can't read it. <laughs> so, yeah. So she's pissed now because... She- they're mates and he knew and he's known for a while and kept it from her after he promised that he would not keep things from her yeah and she she's just confused she's like how is this even how is this possible how is he my mate and the serial goes on to explain well he's the most powerful and you're new mate of all seven so how are you guys not very similar which when you think about it like that it's true well and keep in mind supposedly a mating bond is not extremely common like yeah. this is this is a pretty rare it's a thing. rare thing yeah and then even rarer for those mates to find each other right because it goes well beyond like husband and all of that so yeah yeah more than a spouse more yes. than a lover and the fact that he's known so it's ingrained in their biology seemed like you had something to say i was but uh like we we stated in the first book we're gonna do uh mm-hmm. a moss episode after we read crescent city where we're gonna talk about yeah we'll do the mass verse right <laughs> and i was i was i wanted to make the comparisons between throne of glass and this but we'll save that all for yeah later. keep your notes i've already got mine some i'm gonna just them. start making some heck yeah <sighs> yes so Surya leaves. She goes back to the cave after she's found these flowers, right? So she, she's just pissed. She gets back and she throws it at him and chop she's like, on that. Chew on this. <laughs> and he, he's like so confused. Right. And she's like, drink this blood now. And he's just he's just so confused this whole time. Like looking really wary at her and and I love the part where she's like, after he, you know, drinks like a good handful of her blood and chews on the flower, she's like, you don't get to ask any questions. You only get to answer. Got it? Yeah. Yep. And then she straight up him. is just like, how long have you known that I've been your mate? And he tries to stop and explain. And she's like, ask him again. <laughs> no, because he's like. You caught the cereal, and she's like, "You're not asking questions." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, damn, Feyre. Yeah, and then okay. he he goes on to say that he suspected for a while and knew for certain when Amarantha was killing her. Yep. Yep. And then and when they had their goodbye under the mountain, when he looked shocked or was about to say something whatever that moment was that's when he knew for sure like that's it was it snapped, in, it snapped in yep can i just say that i don't know why but i knew that's exactly what happened at that point in time yeah in book one when reading it i knew that's what happened 
Mm-hmm. So I was just waiting I to. F- the first time I read it, I think I suspected, or he and seen something or heard something in someone's mind or something like that. But yeah. Well, in the first book, we don't we don't talk about mating bonds, right? Not re- not really. Just a little bit. It's brief about it's... Tamlin's parents. Yeah. Mm. And I don't know why I latched onto that, but I did. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. that's it. That's the thing. Yeah. Now we're just waiting for it. It's such a small detail in that first book that I just, I think I might have like read it and not realized it then. Yeah. So. But then she goes on to ask like, when were you going to tell me? And he says, well, I wanted to yesterday. And then kind of hoped that you would kind of figure it out. And then. There's been lots of times that I've wanted to, but not any good times and didn't want to put pressure on her. And then she just said she wanted fun and a distraction. And yes. So it's like, I mean, on one hand, it's like excuses. And on the other hand, it's like, I can get it. Well, and then she's also upset, right? Because she also asked, like, do the others know? Yeah. And And everybody pretty much knows. Yes. And she then goes on, why didn't you tell me? And what was the guy supposed to do? She was in love with someone else, was planning on marrying him. But he promised, to be honest. Yes, yes. And he's always been about it being her choice. So I can see why he didn't want to put that pressure on and be like, hey, we're mates, so you should probably come with me. Mm -hmm. You know? He wanted her to do it organically. Right. He wanted it to be her decision. It's hard to fault a guy for not telling her. I mean, it. <laughs> he did promise, though. I can see both sides of I it do. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. She's not in the spot anywhere before this point in the book where if he tells her this, she's going to freak out and run. Well, and he's also thinking that if she doesn't know, then there won't be all these other. There won't be this big target on her back from everyone else yep. for being with him. Because that's also something he made so, makes a point to say. Like, if you're off and you're happy elsewhere, you know, then at least I know that, that you're safe. You. Yes, yeah. and you're good. But if you're with me, everyone else is looking at you're you, too. You're being hunted all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I like having the book open and we're just going page by page. This is good. This is <laughs> so good. She's mad. He's finally regained a little bit of strength and magical strength um, from her blood and the the flower. And, and she's pissed and essentially says, take us back to the camp now. Winnow us back. Yeah. Do it now. You know, we're not talking. Just take us back. So he does. Yep. He and listens. Yep. And he's still very weak and falls in the mud on his, you know, from his feet right as they land. And she leaves him there. Tells more to take her away. Yep. Tells more that she needs to leave. Why did Cowboy take me away from the Dixie Chicks? Pop my head. So Sorry, the chicks. The chicks. <laughs> so she, um... Cassian and Moore are there, and, and Cass realizes that Fair is fine, so goes to Reese, who was still on the ground. And um, so she says, but Moore saw my face. And she said that she wanted her to take her somewhere far away right now, that she needed to get away, needed to think. And Moore looked between her and Reese, and Fair said, please. And... uh 
Moore did it. And like that was super, I don't know, that that little part right there was super impactful to me because I'm like, that's exactly, exactly what she wanted out of Lucian that he didn't give her as a friend. Yep. And Moore did it, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. That's a friend. Like that's, that's someone for her. Right. And I was just like, I love that she finally, like, in that parallel, she got what she needed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take a breath of fresh air, honestly. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. So, Moore takes her up to this log cabin, high up in the mountains. Um, like, nothing around him. Like, you can't see anything. <laughs> that, um... Nobody can actually even winnow into the house. Right. It's all warded. It's all out of the way. And um, gets her all set up and tells her she'll be back in a couple days. Yeah. So Bailey takes that time to think. And she thinks. And then she gets bored. And then she paints. Paints a lot. She paints a lot. She paints the entire house all over everything because she found a bunch of paints. Amarin's paints. Amarin's paints. Because Amarin decided she wanted a hobby and then got bored. Got bored real quick. (coughs) So a couple days go by. More comes back. Um, I can't remember if anything really significant comes from you just go over the the paints and more adds a couple little things of her own and more had to go visit the court of nightmare as well <coughs> while she was there so favor kind of asked about that and how her father's healing up and not that anyone really cares because he's kind of a dick and yep kind of asked her about if she like her past experiences with cassian and asriel mm-hmm. um because there was like a one time with Cassian, but yeah, Azriel always has this longing look at more, and so Favor asks about it, and he's like, "Have you and Azriel ever?" And she's like, "Oh no, 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 no." And she kind of pushes it. Yeah, Favor kind of pushes it because she's real nosy about that whole situation. Um, that little triad there, <laughs> and Moore's yeah. like, "Why do you keep asking me?" It's just kind of funny. Yeah. So, Farrah's just hanging out and painting and trying to clear her head. And at one point, she thinks, you know, at some point I'll go home to Valaris and maybe I'll open my own shop. <coughs> maybe I'll teach. Maybe I'll do... Something like this, and she realizes that she's actually thinking about having a future, which she hasn't really thought about before. Because part of that is her coming home to Resand. Yeah. And him talking about everything he did that day, and Mm -hmm. yeah, it really hits her that, you know, she doesn't have to have this empty life of immortality anymore. That's not what she sees. She sees a future with him, with the inner core, with Valaris. And so now she's like, well... Maybe I should hear hear the guy out. Yeah. I maybe I overreacted a little bit. So she just keeps painting up the house, just <clears throat> letting the time go by and 
And she gets a knock on the door. She's like, oh, thank God Moore's back so I can finally get out of this house. I was so bored. <laughs> Except it's not Moore. I stared at Reese. He stared at me. <laughs> but, yeah. So, so he he steps in the cabin and she's like, it's cold out there. Let me make you some soup. And he's like, this is my favorite chapter. What? You you want to make me cook food? for me? And she's like, yeah, it's cold outside. You're cold. What's the big deal? She's like, I don't know the traditions or you're going to have to lay it out for me. Yeah. yeah. But before that, she seems kind of forceful with it. Like, all right, I don't know how this mate thing works, so I'm going to need you to spell it all out. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, okay, this is something that we're doing. So what does this mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, you'd make me food. And she's like, heat. I can't cook. I'd heat it up. Mm-hmm. So we find out that when a mate offers food, that it's an acceptance of the mating bond. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Usually, and, and sometimes there are like big parties and ceremonies and whatever for yeah, it. Exactly. Um, but before she gives him the food and accepts, she says, tell me everything. Tell me your story. And he, Meaning, yeah, and tell he me, knew. and I'll decide and whether I'll decide. to offer you yes, food. Exactly. So he goes into it and gets deeper. Yep, yep. We get to hear all about the the first war um, back before Reese was High Lord, and um, Amarantha's dealings with that, and Cassian and Azriel, and the treaty. Um, Jurian. I see. Read the chapter. Read the chapter. It's so good. So informative. And man, this guy, this man, I love him so much. He's my soulmate. (laughs) Same. Yeah. So he talks a little bit about how he, when he got caught by Amarantha the first time. Yeah, and. Like you said, goes into all these other details. And then he starts talking about how he was waking up with such terrible nightmares um, and things like that. And that there was one one dream that he had where he saw Feyre. He's like, I Just saw you. Yeah. Um, and he saw. Was it the woods? A glimpse of the woods? That she well, was in, and the was flowers it? that she had painted. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. Um. So yeah, he was like sleeping next to Amarantha, and he had this dream. And so. And sh- then he was in her nightmare, because she was having a nightmare about the bog. And he was in that nightmare, and um. That's when he realized that she was in. Feylands, right? Yeah. Because of the bog. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so he he um has a vision of her, you know, as his dream a few times, very um fuzzy, like um just like at her cabin or um in the woods or mm-hmm. um in the barn or you know just things. Um, but then the one with the bog was a lot clearer. Yes. Which he came to realize meant that she was in the Feylands. Yeah. And then he was 
becoming more accustomed to being in her dreams. And then she had a dream where she was seeing the unlit bonfires for Cal and May. And he knew that there was only one court that had such a big celebration for Cal and May, and it was Spring Court, which is why he went. So yep. when he said, Farah, or when he said, I've been looking for you everywhere, he meant it. Okay, and let's he roll it back it. a minute, too, because when Farah was pulling the ash bolts out of his wings when he was captured a couple chapters ago... Um, she's telling him all these things and she's telling about painting the, the dresser and painting, um, flowers for Elaine and fire for, um, Oh, when she's talking, Nesta, yeah, yeah. and then a night sky with stars for herself. And she's like, I don't really know why I never went outside at night. You know, it, I was busy hunting during the day and all of that. And then right before he passes out. Um, um, even before she goes to the surreal, he said, I was looking for you too. So this is what he was referencing at that point. Mm -hmm. Because he just like grasped on to those little shreds of his dreams. Yeah. So he starts explaining that he went to the spring port the spring court and he could smell her because he was getting her scent from the dreams alone. So he gets to the spring court and he could smell her. So he tracked her scent and saw her being flashback to court of thorns and roses when she's being pulled by those fairies, (laughs) those fairies. Yes. And he comes up and says, there you are. I've been looking everywhere for you. Or I've been looking for you. Thank you for finding her for me. And uh, he then goes on to say, like, you know, you were just so innocent and just human human. and breakable and so young. And you had no idea who I was. And I needed to keep it that way. Yeah. (laughs) I know. This yeah, chapter he's like, so, is so emotional. And when he's like, and so I just, I let you walk away. And I told myself after you were gone that maybe if the cauldron had been kind for letting me see you. <laughs> and he's like, what? I had my reasons to be out then. He said under the mountain, do not think Feyre that it did not cost me. Guys, seriously, at this point, we're just going to read you the whole chapter because (laughs) it's that good. So, yeah, he goes into explaining why he had to um, act uh, even more as he did to Tamlin and scare him to send Feyre home because he was trying to protect her and that he had no idea Claire was a real person. Um, And... Yeah, and then the whole thing came out about, he said, like, I was so selfish that I couldn't let you go without knowing your name, which is why he had asked her, and she gave Claire's name. Yeah. So a few times he talks about when he wanted to tell her um, under the mountain. I also thought it was sweet that he broke into Claire's mind, so she wasn't in any pain when Amarantha was 
torturing her. Absolutely. I that was like such good guy Reese. Yeah, my gosh. I and I think that meant a lot to her too mm-hmm. because there's she still has guilt for what happened to Claire. And so I think that that I mean it doesn't make it okay, but I think that it eased some of her anxiety about it. And then he goes into, like, watching her go through all of her trials and, you know, just pretending to be the person that she hated so much. That whole, the whole (laughs) paragraph about, but your final trial came. Oh, my gosh. That, it just, it guts me. And the part where he talks about, like, when she died... But then she snapped your neck. Yeah. And I felt you die. This beautiful, (laughs) wonderful thing that had come into my life, this gift from the cauldron, it was gone. Oh my gosh. I literally, this part, I was sobbing. Yes. The entire time reading this, I was like, oh my gosh. This, I, I, (sighs) this most recent time I read this and I listened to this on my route home from work and I just cried the whole way home. So please, definitely read it. Read this chapter. Read it thoroughly. Feel all of the feelings. Because honestly, we could go through every single detail of this because it's so precious, and I adored every sentence that was said in this chapter. So he he does mention that after under the mountain. He finally gets back to the night court and like more was waiting for him and he was just like she's my mate frantic yeah couldn't couldn't process anything totally unhinged and after not seeing her for 50 years and he just like i had to tell her everything right away and then one of the first things he says was she's my mate Yeah, he goes through all of his thoughts the entire time from uh, being home from under the mountain and uh, being able to sense her through the bond, not the bargain, but the bond, um, while she's with Tamlin. And and yeah. Yeah, and then when she finally left Spring Court and came to the night court for good he said that he decided not to tell her because hate her hatred for him was better than facing the two alternatives that she would feel nothing or she would feel something similar and he would fall in love with her and she would be taken away yep so he decided that he wasn't going to do that but he's like i couldn't stop being around you and loving you and wanting you. And I still can't stay away. So she's like, You love me? He nods. That's and all she, that's all she I says know. after all of this I, yeah. was, You love me? Yeah. <laughs> and he nods and she gives him the bowl and says, Then eat and accepts the bond. Good soup. Good soup. <laughs> Good soup. It's my favorite chapter. It, it's so So good. much better than we iterated it. Read it. Go read it. Dude, this one chapter really does make this whole book. I mean, it's just... 
It's so well put together. You get it's so emotional. Yeah, it it just sums up the like literally the first three fourths of this book. It's mm-hmm. so well. Well, and it's such a huge chunk of just Reese talking, I and that's. It. Mm-hmm. We just needed that. We needed that. I mean, especially with the books being from Feyre's perspective. I like, I needed that. that from Reese. I want more. I love him so much. I know. I know. So, uh, chapter 55, <laughs> they lock in that mating bond. <laughs> we, we, get to, we, we get to spicy chapter no, number two. No, <laughs> no, it's in each other. It's in the bath. It's on the bed. It's on the table. It's on. It's yeah. against the wall. Yeah, they talk about their future and having kids and what they're going to call each other and blah, 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 blah. Marriage and all that. And she's like, well, let, let's slow it down just a hint here, big guy. I I really liked it in the graphic <laughs> audio where, like, she's trying to mess with his wing and he's like play later and then he goes and like hesitates on something yeah. and she's like play later <laughs> it was it, that was done really well in the it was cute in the graphic audio the queen the answered. queens have answered and it is time to go back to the archeron manor one of my favorite parts <laughs> is where reese says i think i fell in love with you the moment i realized you were cleaving those bones to make a trap for the middengard worm or maybe the moment you flipped me off or mocking you it reminded me so much of cassian for the first time in decades i wanted to laugh and she's like you fell in love with me because i reminded you of your friend and he's like i fell in love with you smart ass because you were one of us <laughs> i just thought that was funny He's like, you weren't afraid of me, and you decided to end your spectacular victory by throwing that piece of bone at Amarantha like a javelin. I felt Cassian's spirit beside me in that moment, and could have sworn I heard him say, if you don't marry her, you stupid prick, I will. He would, too. Love that. I love Cassian. So much. Yeah, so after however much time, they go back to the Illyrian camp. Where everyone's giving him a hard time about the mating bond. Oh my gosh, speaking of Cassian, another one of my favorite parts from him. Mating bond chafing a bit. (laughs) Mating bond chafing a bit, Reese. Farrah doesn't look too tired. Maybe she should give Give me me a a ride. ride. (laughs) And that that line was done really well in the graphic audio Yeah, that's funny. It was so funny. Yeah, so she's a officially welcomed as part of the family. But after that, all of them, like, vowing to protect her. Yeah. I would just... I love them all so much. Yep. So then they go back to the human realm to her sister's... What are we calling their place? The Archeron Manor. Manor. Manor, that's right. Estate. Estate. Yeah. All right, so they go and... They meet up with two queens. Only two show up. Um, what are they calling the old one and the beautiful one, essentially? Yeah. <laughs> the younger one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they... Uh, Reese essentially shows them Valaris. And they say, well, we still need to think about it and consult our other queens on whether, you know, about the book. 
To which, is it Nesta that mouths off to him? Like, oh, for this sure. is getting ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. And then they're like, oh, well, I guess you just helped us make up our mind and we're not going to help you. Yep. So they uh, say, well, well, we'll be in touch and take off. And in in the recent meantime, um, Reese has gotten pretty quiet about it, mm-hmm. about talking at all. Yeah, and Feyre is kind of confused because she's speaking up defending her sister, mm-hmm. who's going out of her way to open up their house and her social standings and putting a lot at yep. risk. And Moore is, is trying to convince them, but Reese has gotten real quiet. Right. And they leave. But surprise, there's a box under the young queen's chair. Well, this is, they also showed them Valaris. Yes. At this point. Yeah. Yeah, they use the... The Veritas. Veritas. Yeah. Yep. To prove that, and hey, I'm not who... We're not the evil people you think we are. Yeah, and, and they were, um, you know, they were surprised and impressed, but they essentially said, you we know, will we consider, still need to think about it. We will consider. Your trust is appreciated. Yeah. yeah. So they left, and there was a box under the young queen's chair. And um, she left a little note for Reese, essentially saying, you know, I hope you actually do make this a better world. And Reese realized what was going on, which is why he got quiet and was hoping for them to just leave quick. So they they got that half of the book. The second half of the book of breathing. They take it back to Amran. Before they take it back, when they're still there... And that's one, this is something that I want to take note on, I guess, for future, that it, it really stuck with me, especially this time when I was listening to the book. Um, you know, f- both books have spoken, just, you know, had this disembodied voice that's speaking from them. And the first half was really... Um, Creepy. <laughs> yeah. This one seems a little more chaotic. Yes. And it essentially, it says, life and death and rebirth, sun and moon and dark, rotten bloom and bones. Hello, sweet thing. Hello, lady of night, princess of decay. Hello, fanged beast and trembling fawn. Love me, touch me, sing me. And I'm, I'm stuck on that because I'm, I feel like that's got to mean something and I'm trying to figure out what it is. Probably. And I still haven't figured out what that all is. So I have it highlighted for myself for future because I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's important somehow. And I'm going to have to come back to it. Because I'm just like, who are you greeting when you say, when it's mentioning all of these titles, it seems like. Shit's about to get real. So essentially, Reese. So essentially, Reese then offers um, for Nesta and Elaine to come back to Prithian with them for uh, security mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. And Nesta leaves it up to Elaine, and Elaine essentially declines. Um, Some bitch. Uh, anxiously declines. Um, since she is betrothed. 
And so Anessa says, well, uh, Elaine decided. I guess we're not going. And they just leave. Um, He's essentially like, oh, says there'll be patrols. We'll have guards posted outside all the time. Yeah. So. The first big mistake anybody's made in these books, really. Jeez. Back to Valeris. Yep. City of Starbuck. Yeah. So they give the book to Amarin. Two days have passed. Still no progress. We have not cracked the code yet. Um, recent war leave to go to the Court of Nightmares. And so it's just Cassian and Asriel hanging out. Mm-hmm. And Pharaoh's kind of getting frustrated with it seeming like them being bodyguards. <laughs> and then shit happens. Yeah, so Pharaoh's hanging out with Cassian. They're just walking along the rainbow by the Sidra. And um, they stop and have a chat at a bridge. And, and then all hell breaks loose. They start sensing something and realize out in the water, all along the horizon, something's coming. The skies are black. Mm-hmm. Captain Rolf's arms are turning black. <laughs> oh my gosh. The Mycenaeans. The bog are coming. <laughs> Anyway, we'll we'll get away from throwing a glass. <laughs> um. <coughs> <coughs> but it's just uh yeah. Fair and Cassian. Yeah, Hybern sent to slaughter. Yep. So the first thing that happens is is the adder swoops down and drops uh, the young queen. She lands on a spike, too, right? Yeah, she mm-hmm. does. Yeah. And while this is going on, Cassian is trying to tell Feyre that she needs to go back to the townhouse. Because, yeah. you know, he has sworn to protect her at all costs. And he's got his siphons blaring and hold, trying to hold a shield around them and protect her. And she's essentially like, like hell, I'm leaving. I need You mm-hmm. need me to fight here, too. Like, right. <laughs> um. So they're they essentially just jump into battle. They are fighting all of these um, fairies. Mm-hmm. So Favor is like moving through the city, right? I I can't remember if she's heading if she's specifically heading. It's okay. If she's specifically heading somewhere, and then she she's sees Amran. Just, like, looking at people, and they are dying. <laughs> yeah. And then she realizes that the rainbow is... <coughs> Running red. Yep. Yep, left unprotected. So she goes to the rainbow. Mm-hmm. The art district of Valaris. Yep. And she finally sees Azrael in the sky, too. So at least we know that everybody here is working on it but it's bad the battle's bad like it's rough people are Mm -hmm. dying left and right 
Valaris has finally been breached for the first time in over 5,000 years. And um, they know that it was because of the whole meeting with the queens. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, but we do get to see her wield more of her power that we haven't seen yet. Water wolves, man. I love the water wolves. It's so cool. So. It reminds me of Hinata's jutsu. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, she she pretty much hones into her power and shapes the river um, into these wolves that just literally go and attack yep. these highburn soldiers. Um, she, and she's just, she's just running with him. Yeah. So she's, I mean, she's drowning soldiers with her wolves, you know, shoving water down their windpipe and, um, some of them realize that they can just fly away from her. So she turns the wolves into what birds mm-hmm. and, um, sends them up there and gets them all wet and then turns into ice. Yep. Yep, any of them that are still left standing, she's there in time to cut their throats before they even know what's going on. Yeah. So, she's she's making an impact, for sure. Like, does anyone else feel like she just honed into this power very fast? I mean, they've been, she's been practicing in all her downtime. So. I don't know, I just feel like we just didn't talk about it much, and now all of a sudden she's just a master of all these powers. I think they, I don't know. They, I just thought it was quick. The well runs deep. I don't. I I don't think we see a whole lot of it, but I know that they mentioned it was one point right back, either like before the inn or after the inn, that that's all that they're like doing in their free time is working on each high lord's kernel of power within her. So, I don't know. But uh, Reese finally shows up and is yelling at her in her head through the bond and. Where are you? Where are you? And she uh, ends up seeing the adder. And I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> yep. So she shuts him out mentally, which she hasn't been able to do before. Fully. Completely. Mm-hmm. And goes after the adder. It's a well-deserved kill on her part. For really. sure. For sure. <laughs> My mate. I was just reading that. Night triumphant. I was just reading that. So she she winnows and um essentially kills the adder. Yeah, latches on top with you know her famous last words. This one's for me. Um this one's for Reese, this one's for Claire, and this one's for me. I'll see you in hell. So, she does that, and um, it finally is over, at least for now. So, yeah. Some got away, and but most, they were able to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you yeah. just, like, have this moment of lull, where there's just, you just can hear all the detriment going on with yeah. everybody around, and. Reese finally finds her and she just sobs for her people. Like, she's super upset. Yep. Absolutely. 
protector of the rainbow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they work tirelessly to make sure that everything is secure before they even stop to rest or think about what's next. Yeah, and the ward the wards are in place and mm-hmm. so and all f- that. They finally got the wards back up. They got things set back on track for being normal. And not long after that, Amarin cracks the code for the Book of Breathings to nullify the cauldron's power. Mm-hmm. And of course, you have to touch it and say some words. You have to be able to touch it. So they Should make they the plan to go to Highburn, King's Castle. Yeah, yeah. and then they're all the they're all arguing about who goes and who stays. <laughs> well, but they all agree that it's uh Farah that should do it. Right. And that Amran should stay because she's second in command. Yep. Man, she really doesn't do much in this book, does she? Except crack the code. Get the book, crack the code. Drink some blood. Hmm. Goat's blood. Because it tastes better. <laughs> So they go. They make a plan. They follow through. They're in Highburn. Favorite finds the cauldron. Right? That is right. And she She's touches it. Very specifically told before this not to put the Book of Breathing back together into one single piece. Mm-hmm. And yep. she goes up to touch the cauldron. What and she's like, you know what would be a good idea? <laughs> Put this book back together. <laughs> yeah, it's not the smartest idea. And then, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly. She touches the cauldron and... And goes to say the words, and then is immediately paralyzed. Right. By Highburn. King Highburn. Yes. His name is Hybern. The King of Hybern. I think his name is Hybern. We got a weird, weird throne of glass king situation going yeah, on here where we don't know an yeah. actual name. Yeah. Who else shows up? <gasps> Jurian. Jurian. Jurian is alive. It is. I mean, it was suspected. Right. But it is now known. And he throws a. Shoots Asriel with an ash arrow. Yeah. He does something with ash to mm-hmm. Asriel, and Asriel yeah. is in bad in, in his chest. Yeah. Yeah. But then he looks at more and he asks, where's Miriam? And she's like, she died. And he's like, you're a liar. Yeah. He knows. He's like, we fought together. Me and you were pretty close. Because that's his whole thing with this, is Miriam and Draken. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants. He wants to know where they are. Yeah, he thinks that Miriam has sold sold him out, and that's why Amarantha was able to win. And Yeah. So that's what he's getting out of this deal with the King of Highburn. Because everyone's got to get a piece, right? Like, no one's doing any of this pro bono. Pretty much. So there's all these pieces <laughs> that com- are coming into play here of who's getting what and what deals are being made. 
So that's Jurian's deal. He wants Miriam and Draken. He wants to know where they're at and what's, yeah, going from there. And then, uh, so the, the King of Hybern walks in and he's essentially like, He's like, now that I've held up my end of the bargain, I expect you to hold up yours. And freaking Tamlin and Lucian walk out. Bitches. <laughs> I was Remember how I said I hate Tamlin <laughs> in the first book? And I legitimately just do not like Tamlin's character. By the end of this book, I fucking hated Tamlin. Yeah, no joke. Gosh. So Tamlin and Lucian stepped forward, and their end of the deal was that King of Highburn would capture and return Feyre to him, and in return, where she rightfully belonged. Gag, gag. And in return, Tamlin would allow the King of Highburn's forces to be in the Spring Court. Yeah. Do I don't know if they know? Do they know for what yet? Do they know about the whole wall thing that that's the plan? I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So Tamlin is going to allow and essentially be an alliance and allow them to inhabit the spring court. Yep. So he's been he's been working with Highburn. <sighs> so stupid. So disappointing. Like, come on, man. Honestly, and, I'm not surprised. And both Reese and Feyre are like, what did you do? <laughs> like straight up. No. But that's not even the big the big section of this chapter. No. Because then the queens walk out with the sisters. Elaine and Nesta. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep, and they So Yeah, so at that point it comes out so the Queens had sold out Valaris to the king. Hence the attack, right? Yep. Then it comes out Ianthe was the one that sold out Feyre's sisters. God, what a bitch. So, I hate her. Yeah, so they come in with Nesta and Elaine, and the king is, says, hey, I've got the cauldron here. I'm going to show you that this is safe. That this can create immortality and yes. be fine. And I'm going to show you, bring me Nesta. Yeah, no, no Elaine. Elaine. Elaine's first. Elaine's oh, the first one. yeah, Elaine is first. Oh and yes, Elaine they, is first. Uh, they're like, well, we're just gonna use her as a test to prove that it is safe and can be done. Mm-hmm. And Elaine goes in. They f- toss her in the cauldron. And then Elaine comes out. And then they knock the cauldron over. Full fay. Full fay. She is fay. But and that w- nearly naked. Yeah, but that wasn't enough. We have to do it again. So bring us Nesta. Hmm. Same thing. Nesta fought. Man. Her hand's sticking up. Yeah. She's pointing at the king as she's going in. Like damning him. Freaking Nesta. And at this point, you know, Feyre is completely powerless. Cannot do anything. Lucian and Tamlin are trying to plead with the king. Like, this is too far. This isn't what we agreed on. And he's like, you know what? You're right. But I held up my end of the deal. This is not, has nothing to do with you. So they can't, they're they not able to do anything. And in this point in time, while the sisters are going in, um, 
Cassian actually gets injured, yeah? Severely, yes. Yeah, his wings get... He's, like, bleeding out. Shredded. Yeah. Yeah. So, Reese and Mora trying to, like, help him. Feyre's kind of in the middle here. Yeah, no one has any powers right now. It's just a shit show of a situation. And then Lucian decides that this is a good time to be like, Elaine, you're my mate. <laughs> yeah, what a fucking idiot. <laughs> She's my mate. You don't think you could have kept that to yourself? For right real. At that time? Yeah, not the time, my guy. You dumb fox faced bastard. <laughs> uh, I love you to death. Not the right time, my dude. You are the dumbest character in these books. <laughs> debatable. That is debatable. So Nesta comes out, and I think everybody kind of catches a glimpse that, you know, she's she's Faye, but there's something different about her, and they they can't put their finger on it. I think they might even say that she took something from the cauldron. Right. So Feyre freaks out, pretends like uh, she unleashes Helion's power and begs the king to break the the bond. The bargain. The bargain. There you go. No, the bond. The bond. The bond. Yeah. 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 But he ends up breaking the bargain, right? Yeah, because so she's... You can tell that they're mates. Like, they're next to each other. They said, like, at some point, like, if you're next to your mate, others can smell it. Yeah, and Tamlin realized it. And then... But she also mentioned it at one point in there. Where right. She's like, you know, if you take me away from my mate, we're gonna... Right. You know, I'm gonna ruin right. you. And he thinks that Reese had done something to cause the mating bond between the two of them. So... Feyre sees no other way out of this, so like you said. This part pisses me off so much, because we get this great backstory between Tamlin and Reese, and you would almost expect Tamlin... A reconciliation here? Tamlin to know that Reese is not that bad of a person, yes. that he would do that. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I get that he's caught up in the moment, he's still pissed that he took Feyre during the wedding, and then took Feyre when he locked her in the house. But, I mean, it just... Even a little common sense at this point in time, and he would have been like, no, Reese, sense. Wouldn't, Reese wouldn't do that. But he has no common sense. And that was a long time ago. That was centuries ago. And he has honed this mask of High Lord of the Court of Nightmares. Uh, centuries for them is like a week, isn't it? <laughs> I just don't buy it. I... Tamlin's not the smartest cookie. The, the problem is, is I, I believe Tamlin is intelligent. But. I think he's blinded with rage, though. Right. I don't think he has common sense. Because we know, all know that he throws temper tantrums left and right. So what? I know, unheard of. Mm. So, Feyre does her thing where she pretends to, like, snap out of it. And yeah, like, like she Tamlin, was under. Thank you for finding me, Reese's spell or something. Right, Reese quickly picks up on it because he knows like there's no other way of getting out of this. Yep, 
And so Feyre, like, begs the king, break the bond. I want to go home, break the bond. Yep. So he breaks what he thinks is the mating bond and the bargain, but really all he broke was the bargain. We don't know this yet. This seems like just a big oversight on the king's part. I don't Well, she was wearing yeah. gloves as well because she was in all of her fighting gear, right. including leather gloves. Right. right. So, so they couldn't see it. Well, and then Tamlin takes off the glove on her right hand and sees that the tattoo from the bargain is gone. So he's like, oh, thank goodness. And so Pharaoh is just like, let's just go home. No more fighting. No more death. Today has been enough. Let's go home. And so everyone agrees, like, okay, yeah, Reese and more casting, you guys can go. And Feyre had told Reese, mind to mind, you know, take my sisters. Right. So at the same time, while this bond was being broken, what she did something. Something she broke was, all the wards. Yes. Yes. So using the Helion's power. Yeah. The, the spell binding and all yeah. that. So oh, cleaving. cleaving. Yeah, so Moore winnows over to her sisters and takes his sisters. Winnows back over to Reese and Cassian. So they recognize, like, oh, yeah, we can go. Or she leaves with them. And yeah, then Reese they can winnow le- now. Yeah, so. and Reese leaves with Cassian. So they're and Azrael. gone and safe. Yep. So then you see, like... Lucian freaks the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Why did you, why did you grab them? Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. And then you see the queens, like, walking up to the cauldron. Yeah. Which I thought was so creepy. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. It's, that's pretty, that's it. I mean, she goes back to Spring Court with Tamlin and Lucian. But then we get this extra chapter. Well, there are two more chapters at the end of the book. Mm-hmm. One is from Reese's One's Reese's POV. Yes. And he goes back and they're just like, what the hell just happened? Amarin's there demanding answers because Cassian's all shredded up. Feyre's not there. <sighs> and Jess, what, is, what does Rhysand say? What does he say? Uh, my heart breaks mm-hmm. in this chapter. My heart breaks. Because, yeah, Amarin's like, where is she? Where, you know, where is she? Go get her. Where is she? And Moore is like, does favorite know like that this is what's going on and um yeah this whole part oh my gosh um reese is essentially saying you know no she's gonna destroy tamlin from within she's gonna she's a spy now and um yeah and aaron's like (laughs) Aaron's like, she's your mate, not your spy. Go get her. And Reese says, she's my mate and my spy, and she's the high lady of the night court. My jaw dropped at this point. When Did he go when he goes in and talks about how like the night before they went and proclaimed her as high lady and got their bond, you know. We got all that done. I was like, oh my god, that's so cute. Not consort, not wife. Feyre is the high lady of the night court. My equal in every way. Oh my gosh. 
And then Moore is like, you mean to tell me that my high lady is now surrounded by enemies? He's like, yes. Yes, she is. <laughs> it's just, it's Ugh. so good. So good. This part. I can't. I can't. I can't. She can't do it. Wrecked me. So then we uh, we jump back to Farrah's point of view and finish out the book. She's just essentially like... Uh, She's just pissed. Yeah. And is trying to keep it under control. Boy. Trying to have that innocent facade yeah. in the spring court. Gonna destroy the spring court. And Lucian is sus. Very. Absolutely. Sus. So it's kind of where we end it. Right? Nothing crazy happens that last chapter with Feyre. She's just yeah. mad. The last bit was... And so Tamlin unwittingly led the High Lady of the Night Court into the heart of his territory. That was it. Dun dun dun. That was the Court of Mist and Fury. What'd you guys say? Fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> there you go. Sky, what'd you think? Overall. Oh yeah, this is a great book. I mean, it's it's well written all the way through. Um, good twist, mm -hmm. good turns. Yeah, I said this multiple times, but I honestly think it's one of the best fantasy books I think I've ever read. Just in the sense of going through her journey from, you know, touching base on her PTSD and you know trying to go through all that by herself because she didn't feel like she was supported to you know, having these differing feelings of what she is as in, an immortal fae now and what that's going to look like, what her future is going to look like to all of her feelings with Reese growing and them falling in love. It seriously was such a nice ride inside her head and going through everything. Like, I felt everything she felt and it was so well written. And honestly, it's probably one of my favorite fantasy books. Ever. Ever. I loved it so much. It's wonderful. Yeah. I I can't say any more good things. This book is absolutely one of my favorites. Ever. Mm -hmm. So after almost five hours of talking about A Court of Mist mm. and Fury... <laughs> what are what are we thinking rating wise? You over there who never who never goes above a four is going at a four point five. I love mm -hmm. this book. Mm -hmm. It's just it's good. It's good good. Five. This is a five for me, dog. It's so good. That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> I seriously, I can't say enough good things. Go read chapter 54. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So that's book two. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a couple weeks and we will be back with A Court of Wings and Ruin, book three. And expect it to probably be as long as this episode is, if not a little bit longer. 
I think we're going to change up the way we're actually going to run that episode and not... Just a little bit. Synopsize the book and then completely recap the book. <laughs> Fair. But that's okay. It was worth it. It's At least for that. this one, specifically. Yes. So. I've already read it. <laughs> or listened to it, so. It's all good. All right, send us out. Got, you got my plugs, Sky. You got my plugs, bro? <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to A Court of Books and Booze, our basement book club. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast and also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you like what you heard, make sure to go check out the other Golden Mojo Entertainment podcast. That includes The Call Guys, Murd Nerds, United States of Paranormal, Golden Image Podcast, Indiana Cheese Indiana fans. fans, and Golden 80s. I think by the time this comes out, that'll be out. So, if not, I'll edit it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yep. Good job, guys. Man, that was... Ooh. Yeah. And catch us next week for an episode of A Court of Books and Booze, Milk and Cookies edition. No booze. Only milk. Yeah, only milk and cookies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. See you next time. Read with you later. Mm-hmm.